some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. In-depth coverage of the Nashville Predators in a 104.5 The Zone digital exclusive. This is the Smashcast with Will Bowling and Mark Howard. Welcome to episode number one of the Smashcast here on the 104.5 The Zone podcast network. Talking everything Nashville Predators. Getting you ready for another big season in Bridgestone Arena and a team that has been awfully fun to watch so far this season in 2019 i'm your host will bowling you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts and if you're familiar with any of the shows that we do here on 104.5 the zone you know exactly where to find them you can say it with me if you want <laughs> apple Podcasts, spotify google play and stitcher uh, that's where we'll have all the latest all the newest info on the nashville predators uh with 104.5 the zone predators insider and correspondent mark howard You've heard him on the wake-up zone. He'll be joining me here shortly uh, to recap uh, all the latest headlines this week and um, get some insider info on how this team is operating and also some good info on uh, recent history of the Nashville Predators uh, because this is a team that is so different than uh, pretty much all the teams that I've grown up here watching. Uh, I'm a Nashville native. I've grown up watching this team as long as I can remember and uh, I can never remember a team quite like this one that plays so offensively, that can score so many goals, and that has such a large cast of characters at the offensive end uh, that can win you a game at any given time. Right? That This is a team that's going to be a lot of fun to keep track of this season. Uh, you'll be hearing from Preds personnel on this show. Uh, Mark will join me pretty much every week uh, for a segment uh, talking about his observations, what he's seeing uh, on this 2019 roster and uh, going into 2020, uh, exactly what this team can do uh, coming up in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. You can find me on Twitter at Will underscore Bowling. Uh, that's B-O-L-I-N-G. Send in a questions for myself uh, or Mark. You can also uh, find our own Preds analysis through the week right there. Uh, but interact with us. Uh, we want this show to partly be uh, what the audience once out of Preds content here at 104.5 The Zone. So uh, let us know that the questions you have, the topics that you want to hear, the headlines that you want covered, and we'll make it happen for you uh, all season long right here on the 104.5 Podcast Network. So without further ado, we'll jump into some of the Preds headlines. We'll later, took, we'll later take a look around the National Hockey League at some other stories, some other Big storylines going on in the Central Division specifically uh, in our final segment, taking a look around the NHL. But first, let's bring in our Preds correspondent. Joining me is Mark Howard from the Wake Up Zone. You've heard him here. You see his Preds coverage all season long as well. And Mark, this is a team that so far, it seems like the highs have been very high, but the lows have also been pretty low in a team that is a lot different than a lot of the teams that have played in Bridgestone Arena over the years. Well, they're back to playing uh, pedal to the metal hockey, Will. And, and 
you know, just right from uh, right from the start of the season, you know, you noticed how Matt Duchesne really energized them. I mean, at the end of last year, they had a hard time reaching three. Uh, and I'm talking about the last 20, 25 games of the season and even into the postseason. Uh, you know, their, their power play, I, I mean, they totally – uh, you know, we're brain locked on it. I mean, I, I, I think for the most part, it had just gotten into their heads so much that they were totally ineffective, uh, you know, with the man advantage. And this year with Duchesne, they're playing freer. They're playing faster. I think it helps that Ryan Ellis has got his wheels back. You know, the defensemen, you know, pinch. They're engaged. Uh, and, you know, they're getting secondary scoring, you know, against, uh, you know, the Blackhawks, Nick Bonino. Third line center as the hat trick, uh, so when that happens, you know it, it's all good. I mean, you know the, the Blackhawks game, Pecorine, uh, you know I, I said on my show was could have watched Netflix last night <laughs> because he really and he admitted after the game he didn't have a tough he didn't have a tough chance. His teammates put up fifty one shots, a lot of high danger chances, and if Robin Lehner, the uh, the goaltender for the Blackhawks, hadn't been so spectacular. The score would have been eight or ten to nothing. I mean, it was it was that one sided. But that, I think, is sort of uh, emblematic of the way they uh, of the hockey team they've evolved into. Early on in the season, they were not playing responsibly defensively. They were giving up too many odd man rushes, and in their zeal, you know, to play that, you know, that that speedy style, you know, they'd be in the offensive end, but a lot of times getting caught up ice and. You know, what you've seen over the past few games is them, you know, especially their defensemen in the neutral zone making better decisions, when to get back or when to enter the offensive zone, and it's shown on the scoreboard. They're playing better in front of their goaltenders. You know, in Tampa Bay, you know, UC Soros had not been playing well. I don't think he'd been seeing the puck as well as he had, but they weren't playing very well in front of him either, and they felt like they were part of the problem. And you saw them knuckle down defensively and, and play a much more responsible game. And you got a pretty good outcome than winning in overtime. Well, obviously, of course, the, the big storyline in the first couple of weeks is going to be the Matt Duchesne edition and what he brings to the table. And as I watch this team in the first couple of weeks, it seems to me at least that Duchesne is, is one of, if not the missing piece that the Nashville Predators have not had offensively over the past couple of years. Um, what exactly do you see him bringing to the table that maybe the Predators have lacked in the past that they can build on moving forward? Well, he's first of all, his speed. But also he's a playmaker, whether he's playing wing or whether he's playing in the middle. Uh, and he's you know a guy who's really kind of energized them. He's a guy who wanted to be here uh, as a free agent. It was like his dream to be a Nashville Predator, you know, choosing them over the Montreal Canadiens, which is... You know, to a lot of other people around the country, is crazy. It's foreign, yeah. <laughs> but this is where he wanted to be, and you you wondered if, you know, Barry Trotz used to have a, a term: players play better hungry than full. And you know, he's obviously you know getting paid, but I think he's going to have a great year statistically. At the, at this point, you know, of this show, he he has two goals, but he has twelve assists. Uh, and uh, the goals are going to come. He's got great hands, uh, but just, you know, makes plays continually uh, around the net. And he's just – and what he has created, as you, you said, uh, you know, he was the missing piece. He was sort of what they thought they were getting with Kyle Turris. And, uh, mm. and that is they've got 
two really good scoring lines that are almost interchangeable. You know, Peter Laviolette jokes that uh, don't tell uh, the Duchesne line, they're the second line because they'll get mad. It's <laughs> yeah. like 1A and 1B or, Absolutely. you know, 1 and 1 or whatever. But uh, you're going to see those guys, I'm sure, because that is Laviolette's want. He's not afraid to shake things up. But I think you'll see those top six forwards all play with each other at some point this season. So Duchesne, of course, the key addition, the key subtraction was P.K. Subban that allowed the National Predators to go out and get a Matt Duchesne. And stepping into that role alongside Matthias Ekholm, uh, Dante Fabro, who, of course, was so uh, impressive in the series against the Stars despite the result. Uh, David Poyle's gone on record many times saying that he deserved more ice time and they wanted to move him up. Uh, he gets his first regular season assist last night against Chicago as we record this on a Wednesday morning. Um, but what's been your impression of him, and do you think he's um, lived up to the high expectations that he set for himself last postseason? Well, first of all, well, he came in having only played 11 NHL games. Sure. You know, five <laughs> in the regular season and the six in the Dallas series. And it's a lot to, to throw on, on a rookie. You know, there's a big difference playing in the third D pairing as opposed to the second. And a lot of people wondered if he could take that step and it, was, it has not been a seamless transition. He struggled early in the season. Uh, you know, wasn't making good decisions. He's just, and they keep telling him to just keep his game simple. Just make the simple pass, the simple play. Uh, your, your defense partner is pretty dynamic. Uh, but the last few games, he's tightened it up. He's gotten better. I think there were, you know, there might have been some thought with David Poyle to maybe move him down to the third pairing and move a guy like Hamuse, uh, you know, up with Ekholm. But he stuck with Fabro, and uh, Fabro definitely uh, offensively has contributed, but he's gotten a lot better on the D end. So, of course, the big news of the week is, is going to be all about Roman Yossi. He signs uh, the eight-year, $72 million contract on Tuesday afternoon, uh, $9 million a year, and, and that's a big number for a guy who's going to be playing most of that contract in his 30s. I believe, what, he's, he's 30, 31 right now? No, he's 29. 29. He's going to be 30 when the contract kicks in. Yeah, so, so obviously going to be playing almost all that contract, all of it, as he said, um, in his 30s. Does that number surprise you at all? And, and the surprise to me, of course, the no-movement clause that David Poyle has a strict policy against, Roman Yossi gets a full one. Yeah, I'm surprised the number's only nine really? a year. Really? Okay. He, he could have gotten a lot more if he had gone out in the open market. Uh, and I think that was David Poyle's trade-off with him, mm. frankly, that I'll give you the no trade. And Roman wanted to be here. Uh, you know, talking about Duchesne, Roman Yossi felt the same way. I mean, he was – and he so much so did he want to be here that, you know, he told his agents, listen, let me get this across the finish line. You've got the essential points down. You know, I want to make those last decisions. And he did. And I think a lot of people felt like, you know, he owed it to other defensemen to maybe, you know, ask for more money. But I think Yossi felt comfortable at nine. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, uh, you know, the, the, the total of the contract is, uh, you know, 90 is the year that Yossi was born in 59. And part of that is in, uh, you know, the, the, the total of the contract, which is humorous. I will maintain that, uh, well, this is, David Poyle called this the, his most important contract negotiation, and I have always said that Roman Yossi, you know, I know you can make an argument for Pecorine and maybe some others, 
But I maintain that Roman Yossi is the most important player in the history of the franchise. Mm. And I say that because back in 2012, Ryan Suter left them. And he left them high and dry. Uh, David thought uh, there was a chance he was going to resign, but that was never going to happen. Suter's top two choices were Minnesota and Detroit. Nashville was not even in the conversation. Mm. And everybody thought that was going to leave a gaping hole in the Predators on the back line. Well, here you've got this kid from Switzerland who was mature beyond his years because he was playing in the senior leagues when he was a teenager. Uh, he was, as, as the Preds coaches you know, told me, this was a boy playing against men, and he grew up in a hurry. And Yost made an incredibly fast transition, becoming Shea Weber's defense partner, and making Shea look good. Shea is not a puck carrier. Yossi is. And Yossi helped uh, Shea uh, really produce some of his biggest years offensively with this franchise. And he really, you know, it's funny that Preds fans boo Ryan Suter. They should be <laughs> yeah, cheering still. him because <laughs> if Suter had stayed, David Poyle would have, had, would have been hamstrung with long-term contracts with Weber Suter and Pecorine. He wouldn't have been able to assemble as good a supporting cast as they have now. And David admitted he probably would have had to have traded Yossi. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it cuts both ways. Uh, you know, Suter left, and the pre- it paid off of the Preds. Uh, it's hard to imagine making the argument that if Ryan Suter had stayed, it wouldn't have, the Preds would not have been as good. But I think uh, that's absolutely legitimate. And David agreed with me. Uh, and, and I think what Roman has done, he has emerged – as an elite defenseman, he's a top-five defenseman. I don't know if he's going to win a Norris Trophy, but he'll always be in the running, at least uh, for the next uh, few years. Uh, and it's worked. And, and plus, he was playing with an extremely market-friendly contract uh, until the end of this year, so he rightfully got paid. Well, Yossi is a big reason why this offense has has taken off so much more over the first 10 games of the season. Yossi was tied in points on this team heading into last night's game uh, against Chicago. Uh, and the Predators, with 42 goals in the first 10 games, set a new franchise record for most goals in the first 10 games uh, of a season. Have you ever seen a team like this in Nashville? Uh, this seems to me, at least in recent memory, to be such a a foreign concept to Nashville Predators fans as a team that can put up four, five, six goals in any given night. Well, they've had some good scoring teams. I'm not going to go crazy. They've only played 11 games, sure. but they're off to a good start. Mm-hmm. And they've played a few of those games without Forsberg and Duchesne, which does make a difference. Absolutely. But, yeah, this team has a chance to set some records. They've never had two good lines like this. I mean, they've had you know some good teams up and down but never two really prolific scoring lines. And, yeah, I mean, that's going to that, that's gonna put some goals on the, on the scoreboard. Of course, Pecorine continues his excellent start to the season last night and, and as you mentioned, didn't have a lot of work to do uh, in the 3 nothing win thanks to the Nick Bonino hat trick against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, extended his season-opening point streak to seven games uh, and then now eight games last night, 7-0-1, tying the franchise record from Thomas Vokun uh, back in the 05-06 season when the Predators started uh, 7-0-1 with him in net. Uh, should we even be surprised anymore, uh, the level of play that Pecorine continues to give with his age? Well, it doesn't seem to drop off, and, and that's what's remarkable about Pekka. You know, he keeps himself 
in phenomenal condition. He he is probably the fiercest competitor on that team, uh, and yeah, nothing that he does surprises me anymore. And that's a guy you know you're rooting for to get back into the postseason and really stand out. I think one of the the big topics for the Nashville Predators this year, and we'll we'll kind of finish off with this, is um, they're getting older and older uh, very quickly. And this is the oldest team uh, in the NHL. Pekarene and and Dan Hamuse, eleventh and twelfth oldest players in the National Hockey League. And it seems like just yesterday that uh, the Nashville Predators were were getting Philip Forsberg and that Martin Erat trade, and now even he's already 25 years old. Um, so I, I guess kind of my question on on this topic is, how quickly is this window closing, and, and how high is the sense of urgency for this team to get it done while you still have a Pecorine and and many of these players that were in their early 20s a couple of years ago are, are now starting to play into the prime of their careers? Well, it's not like this team is full of geezers. Uh, you know, Dan Hamuse, yeah, is at the end of his career. Brings up the average a little bit. Yeah, it does, and so does Pekka. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, and I asked David Poyle that question, and, and he said, he goes, listen, you still look on this team and most of these guys are in their primes. So I don't think he's worried about it now. Two or three years from now, legitimate question. And you've got a lot of guys under contract. The one thing he has that he didn't have a couple of years ago is, you know, he's got uh, a lot of player, a lot, some good forwards in the pipeline. Uh, Yakov Trenin has bounced back phenomenally this year, and he's leading Milwaukee in goals. Uh, you've got Tolvin in there, you know, who's who's playing well. Rem Pitlick has not gotten off to a good start uh, in in Milwaukee, but you got Tomasoni, who's uh, their top pick, who they love. Uh, the Russian, who was the second pick, uh, they got under contract too. So, for the first time in a long time, the Preds have some prospects at forward, and I think they feel pretty good about the fact that uh, after this season. If Mikhail Grantland has to walk uh, and Craig Smith to, you know, accommodate Yossi's salary, which is entirely, you know, possible, then they've got the young players, they feel, uh, you know, to, to adequately replace them. Certainly going to be an exciting season at Bridgestone Arena. Exciting win last night as the Predators uh, with the Nick Bonino hat trick get the victory over the Chicago Blackhawks 3 to nothing. Uh, certainly invite you to subscribe to join us for more Preds talk down the road. Uh, Mark, we appreciate the time. My pleasure. Final segment with you on episode number one of the Smash Cast. We remind you again to find us wherever you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. After four straight wins, the Nashville Predators first in the Central Division as we take a look across the NHL at some other storylines going on this week in the National Hockey League. Nashville tied with Colorado with 17 points. Colorado has a game in hand, so it's played one less than the Nashville Predators so far after a loss to Anaheim this past weekend in 5-2 to two defeat. Uh, they will get the Florida Panthers tonight on a Wednesday night. Uh, Nashville, of course, at home against Calgary on Thursday night uh, for some Halloween hockey in the Music City. Uh, but it's a Colorado team that's potentially going to be looking a little bit different over the next couple of weeks as Gabriel Landeskog is going to be out for significant time for the Avalanche with a lower body injury. 
Uh, and that's the second member of that dangerous top line for Colorado now that goes down injured. Him and Miko Rantanen both will be sidelined for an extended period of time. Avalanche coach Jared Bednar saying after practice on Tuesday that Landis Cog is going to be out for, quote, longer than week to week. Said he got hurt over the last couple of games, came to practice on Sunday, had some discomfort, uh, went for further evaluation and has a lower body injury, and it's going to miss some significant time. Uh, so Colorado says they have uh, no timetable for his return. And so when they host the Florida Panthers tonight, uh, they're going to look a lot different. Uh, Nate McKinnon, he'll stay on that front line. Of course, he's one of the best in hockey. Uh, but without his two line mates for the moment uh, in Rantanen and Landeskog, is going to make Colorado uh, a, a different team right now. So certainly a, a possibility for the Nashville Predators to uh, take the lead on their own and then get some space between themselves and the Colorado Avalanche uh, with a couple of teams that will hit in a second uh, in the Central really struggling uh, to start the 2019 season. Elsewhere in the Central Division, Alexander Radilov, an old friend, leads with three goals against the Dallas Stars on Tuesday night. Six unanswered was the rally for Dallas to get the win over the struggling Minnesota Wild, who right now sit in last in the Central Division with just eight points on a 4-8 and eight record so far this season. They were down 3-0. Radilov scored his first goal at the end of the second period to make it 3-1, to one, and then they went on to score six total unanswered for a 6-3 to three win. Radilov, of course, with the hat trick. He had four points. Joe Pavelski and Tyler Sagan both had a goal and an assist. Rope Hintz scored for Dallas. And it's a four-game homestand for the Stars that finishes up 3-1-0. And that's a Dallas team that many expected might win the Central Division this year. And, of course, we're only 11 games in, so there's still plenty of time for them to rebound. Uh, but, but Dallas is 14 games in. They've played a lot over these first couple of weeks, which isn't good news for Dallas fans, given just how poor their play has been so far this season. Four-game homestand that finishes 3-1-0, but they started 2-7-1, and and things have not been great for the team that currently sits fifth in the Central Division right now. Still certainly in the thick of it, and there's so much hockey to be played that uh, you can't read too much into these results early on in the season. But still, nevertheless, a little bit of a surprise See that Dallas team as far down as they were in the first couple of weeks. They sit with 11 points in fifth in the Central Division right now. Winnipeg with 12 points. St. Louis has 15. And of course, as we said, Nashville and Colorado look identical so far. Just four goals different that they've scored and four goals more for the Predators that they've given up in this young season. Both teams have a plus 14 goal differential. They've both been excellent at home. Predators are 6-1-1 in Bridgestone Arena. Colorado 4-1-0 at home up there in the, I believe it's still the Pepsi Center. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it should still be the Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado. So that certainly right now is, is all Nashville and Colorado here in the very early going. But leading the NHL, the class of the league so far, despite that loss to the Predators just a couple of weeks ago, the Washington Capitals. 14 games in, and the Caps 9-2-3 with 21 points. Uh, they've won two in a row after a win last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs in overtime. 
And, of course, we spoke about Pecorine being the ageless wonder in Nashville. How about Alex Ovechkin? Still continuing to dominate in the twilight of his career as well. He's not quite as old as Pecorine, but still certainly not a young man anymore. He had four points, including a goal with one minute remaining in overtime last night on a Tuesday night to defeat the Toronto Maple Leafs 4-3 to on the road. Ovechkin says, my job is to shoot the puck, score for the team, and obviously they know if I'm wide open, then go ahead and throw it on over. <laughs> I'd say that's the, the easiest analysis you're going to hear on the Smashcast or anywhere that provides you NHL coverage and analysis. John Carlson scored twice. Nicholas Backstrom had three assists. Braden Holtby made 27 saves. And Washington, other than just one overtime loss, 6-0-1 in their last seven games, 4-0-1 in a five-game road trip. Capitals really like the team they have right now. Just one year removed from that Stanley Cup run. They're the class of the Eastern Conference so far. Well, we thank you again for joining us on the first episode of the smash cast hope you'll stick around for more preds coverage coming up in the coming weeks try to do this every wednesday middle of the week between a normal tuesday and thursday game for the nashville predators uh, in order to get you ready for the week in nashville the week in bridgestone arena and the week as well across the national hockey league but until next week thanks for joining us and we will see you next time on the smash cast right here on the 104.5 the zone podcast network